This is The A. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> As always, uh, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater, headed up by Gary Graves and Jan Zleifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. And we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring The A. We have a wonderful, this is uh, week two of our Love in the Bay, Love in the Theater uh, segment of uh, the A, and we have a wonderful couple, a couple that is so near and dear to my heart, Corinne and John Ritchie of Plethos Productions. Um, how, how are you guys doing? Hello, thank you so Hello. much for having us. Right on, and uh, the last time I saw you, uh, you had the FAMI Awards, and uh, there were yeah. so many individuals who won, and I was so happy to have uh, see Curtis Manning, as well as a bunch of other folks uh, win. Uh, he won for playing James Baldwin. Uh, on in the play that uh, that I wrote, Foreman in Paris, and uh, Plethos has done so much to uplifting, you know, j- people and getting new content in and giving actors, uh, uh, you know, just a way of, uh, pr- pr- you know, um, expressing themselves. And uh, you guys are doing so well. So how are you doing? How, how's Plethos doing? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're doing good. And, um, you know, we were so happy to put on Four Men in Paris. And unfortunately, that's been the only like original work we've gotten to do on a main stage level. Um, And so I, you know, we were just so blown away by that play. And I'm really still hoping that we can find some more uh, original works to to produce in the future. I've been reading lots of scripts. I just haven't found one as magical as yours, Reg. So I'm hoping I'm hoping I will find one and we can put it on. But um, but we've been doing well. We just announced our fourth season. So 2021 will be our fourth season of shows. Yeah, you're Um, doing something for the kids, right? What's uh, right? Yeah. uh, Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's our first time doing a children's show. Um, we're based here in Castro Valley. We take our show on the road through, throughout the like five cities that border this area, like Hayward, Castro Valley, East Bay type places. And um, typically there's a ton of children's theater. There's after school programs, there's in-school drama. Bay Area Children's Theater has a great presence at all the local schools. So we always felt like, we didn't need to do a children's show. There were so many opportunities already. But now, you know, we have an eight and a 10 year old who've been stuck indoors for a year and there is nothing going on, nothing for them to watch or participate in or anything like that when it comes to theater. So we thought, you know, if there was ever a time to do a children's show, now is probably that time. So this summer we'll be doing um, Elephant and Piggy, We Are in a Play by Mo Willems. So really excited about that musical and we'll plan on it being outdoor, social distanced, hopefully live uh, with audience members in pods watching. But if not, at bare minimum, we'll we'll stream it. So we've, we made sure to choose shows that are flexible for live performances or streaming. So, yeah, and we'll definitely advertise it. I think that's a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, why not? I mean, you know, we can't have, you know, just television and and, you know, whatever the content is on YouTube um, supplying entertainment for the kids. We can create that content ourselves. And so I think that's fantastic for Plethos to do that. And as we begin our podcast, every podcast I ask, Norman, how was your week? It's been a week, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like a lot of things are kind of it's as we head into spring, all kinds of projects are starting or getting ready to start. And I just feel like I've got a bunch of I feel like I don't have anything to do. And then I do. Yeah, I don't know. It's been that that's been that week for me. It's uh, pre Valentine's Day. Do either of you have any plans? Uh, Both of you are married couples. I mean, married individuals. Anything planned? We've got uh, my stepdaughter's coming um, today, actually. Uh, and uh, we have another stepdaughter who lives in Texas who came out for her sister's birthday. So we are actually going to be hosting a little group out in the backyard. Oh, that'd be nice. Go. 
What about the Richies? What, what are you guys doing for V-Day? Uh, so we have a, a friend, a couple friend, married a husband and wife who we've been <clears throat> uh, social bubbling with pretty much since the top of the pandemic. And so we're, we'll be meeting up with them tomorrow. We're just going to kind of wander and explore whatever outdoor dining might hold for us. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be nice. That'll be really, really nice. Um, there have been some current events. Obviously, we have the uh, the second impeachment going on as MAPIC is going on as we speak. Um, but there have been also things non-political. I don't, I don't know how political we want to be, but sometimes I try to throw in things that are sort of amusements. Um, there's the Florida water hacking incident that happened in Oldsmar, Florida. I don't know if you heard about that. Um, apparently, a water a ha hacking? Someone hacked in the water supply and apparently, I guess, lye is used, L-Y-E is used yeah, yeah. to clean water and someone, yeah. and you can control it remotely. Some benevolent individual tried to raise the level so much that if people actually had drank it, they would have died. Oh Luckily, it was gosh. caught in time. And it's just one of those things where, you know, we think that we are secure digitally and, you know, we do all sorts of transactions, but we're so vulnerable. So that was interesting. Luckily, they caught the individual. Well, they caught the incident in time. They're still looking for the individual. So let mm. me guess. Florida man. <laughs> Florida man. Florida man. I, always Florida man. Is there a Florida man? I don't know about Florida man. Yes. Florida man yes. found doing there's this. Florida, Florida man, man poisoned no. the water for no kind of reason. Florida I mean, man. There's, there's there's pretty much a thing that you can do on Google where if you just type in Florida man and then any date. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because some find, random Florida man did something yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Florida man yeah. ate yeah. somebody's face off. And yeah. Yeah. Weird, yes. All yeah. the weird yeah. stories. Yeah. 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 They, they always, always begin with Florida, Florida man. Florida man somewhere yeah. in, the, in the headlines. Yeah. But it's crazy because this is the plot of, I don't know if you're a Batman fan, but Batman Begins, the first Christopher Nolan flick. That's, I mean, that was right. the, Ra's the al Ghul. Yeah, he, yep. uh, oh Lord. Ooh. In any case, man, Jemima is no more. You probably heard about this. I know. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh what, you miss Aunt Jemima? <laughs> no, they changed the name and I thought, oh cool. They got the name of the woman who actually created the character. That would have been cool. No. They just retired the whole thing and started with some whole generic name. Pearl uh -huh. Milling Company. Apparently, I guess it's the original company that created Anjamama. But you're absolutely right. That would have, I mean, why would I buy something? Why would I buy a Pearl Milling Company? I mean, you send yeah. your kid to the store, go get me an Anjamama, you know, baking <laughs> right. But you can't do right. that anymore. Anyway, yeah. it's is a progress, maybe. Who knows? Whatever. There's a new, Hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, there's an app called Clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, I think you may have heard about this, Corinne. Um, yeah. it's, I guess it's the new thing. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, there's a social app. It reminds me so much of back in the early aughts where you could uh, post um, the, uh, the chat rooms. But basically, mm -hmm. it was all uh, just text. This is sort of a chat room, but it's all just it's, it's like a party line. It's like a phone yep. party line. Yep. And you can log in. You, you have to be invited first, and it's supposed to be based wow. on a certain subject matter or whatever. Right. So who knows if it'll be the new big thing or if it's just, uh, you know, if it'll flame in and flame out. Uh, it got news on the Washington Post, so we'll see. Ugh. Yeah, I know Elon and Zuckerberg, a bunch of the big tech guys are all on Clubhouse now. And uh, I work for a tech company, so they had all of us join so that we could kind of scope it out and see what it's all about. It definitely gives me the mid-90s vibes. It's like, it's totally the party line. It's just hop in on, the, on your phone, listening into conversations, you know. That's yeah, yeah, so we'll see. And then there's a Gorilla Glue Girl. Have you heard about oh, that? Oh, please. Must be, must be. Oh, God. 
You know, I we haven't talked so much. We've talked about women's issues, but there's been a thing about black women's hair and how sensitive that is. We did mention about the uh, the the Democratic. I think she's a member of the House of Representatives. Yeah, Ayanna Presley. Ayanna Presley, and yeah. she has a disease where her hair is gone. And she talked about how, you know, she was conflicted by you know removing the wig and all that stuff and just showing her true self. Uh, I feel so bad about the girl. I mean, it's funny, but it's not so funny. She, to make a long story short, she grabbed a product that she thought was a hair product, but it really is actual glue. No, she knew it was she not knew. a hair product. She knew there was no she accident. She thought about it, it was similar enough to what mm-hmm. she was using that mm-hmm. maybe it would be a good substitute. Yeah. Oh goodness! And yep. uh, she, her Instagram video, she's like, "Yeah, I ran out of hairspray, but I had this Gorilla Glue spray, so you know, I thought it would be about the same." And I read it, and it didn't say it wasn't for hair. So, <laughs> damn, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, and luckily, you know, um, of course, it's one of those things. You put something out on the internet, and the internet responds. And she right. got the treatment. Yes. I guess she was flown to L.A. She's from Louisiana. Yep. They flew her to L.A. and took care of the hair uh, product. And I guess she'll grow her hair back. So. I guess it was a you know an interesting story, and that was a like, weird one. Yeah. You talked about Florida man. What about Wisconsin man? Oh, tell oh, me about uh, that. I, I don't know about that. This guy went up on on an overpass, went up on a snowbank, and up over, and seventy foot drop. Oh my God! Did did oh. he is he dead? I mean, is he alive? No, his. So if this was his vehicle, boom, 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 he went sloop, and it fell this way, uh-huh. and still landed on its tires. <laughs> Um, he ended up with broke ribs and I think oh. a broke arm, something like that. But wow, wow, and, and a ride of a lifetime. Wow, Jeez. I didn't hear about that. And the last thing that I have, uh, Utah school allows parents to opt out of Black History Month. Did you hear about right. that? I did. Yeah. And uh, We're gonna start hey, selecting our histories, huh? It's crazy. It's crazy. So that's those are the current events. I don't know if any. any... Well, you missed uh, you missed the big trial, man. You didn't yeah. see the Texas trial. Oh, where the lawyer showed up, and it was a kitten. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was yes. right. Oh my god, and he can't turn it off. So he's like, no, no, Your Honor, I am here. I, I am not a kitten. Oh my I goodness. I'm not a cat. Oh goodness, that was so funny. Oh, uh, before we get so to it. Before we get into an origin story, did uh, do we have any thoughts on, I guess, this, you know, the, what's happening in Washington right now? Um, the one thing that I learned, I learned about the Breitenberg test. We, we've talked about, you know, what is free speech and what is a hate speech? Right. And I got a bit of a we're getting a bit of a civics lesson as to, you know, what the Breitenberg test, Breitenberg B, I think it's uh, oh shucks. The Ohio, I think. Basically, I think so, in 1969, uh, Ku Klux Klan member gives a speech and he is sued by a newspaper. And basically, uh, he is convicted, but the Supreme Court overturns it, basically saying the the definition of what is a hate speech or what is a criminal hate speech has not been defined. So let's define it right now. And it's based on basically three criteria. One is uh, intent. You have to intend to do it. Uh, two, eminence. The time between you saying it and the actual illegal act of the rioters. And the third thing, lo- the likelihood of violence. So that was a, a interesting civics lesson that I learned that I hadn't learned wow. beforehand. Um, any any thoughts about it at all, or we, you know, we can jump in, or any any thoughts at all about it? Lots of thoughts about it. It's another crazy TV show. I, I think we all want it over. Yeah, I'm definitely on hashtag Make Politics Boring Again. I'm <laughs> yes, so over please. it. Like I'm just ready for nice boring politics as it always was dry and uneventful because yeah. man yeah. 
I do wonder what parents tell their kids if their kids are interested. I know when I was a kid, I first got involved in politics in 1976 when I was seven years old, and it was during the bicentennial. And I asked my parents, hey, what is this bicentennial and what's going on? And I got a bit of a history lesson. Um, have there been any conversations between you and your kids? Are they asking any questions at all? Yeah, yeah, mine definitely have. Like, um, you know, our kids, they knew that something had happened at the Capitol. And um, I think my daughter put it quite succinctly when, you know, I, I kind of gave her the very quick details of, you know, people are upset about the election. And so that's why, why this happened. And her response was, well, they need to build a bridge and get over it. Mm. <laughs> wow. Like, okay. Yeah. I, all right. I hear that. Does Biden have any more cabinet positions open? I think we got a diplomat. <laughs> may, hey, maybe. I wonder if that comes from her, if she gets that from her mother or from her dad. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I, don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> okay. but there's a lot of sass in our house. So yeah. the, who knows? It could come from anywhere. Any, any uh, last thoughts, John, before we get into an origin story? Uh, I mean, as it pertains to uh, as, as essentially the the impeachment thing, I think I think we need to be careful lowering any bars about what is and is not free speech. I think that's a I I I think setting as setting a a standard as uh, visible as something in an impeachment of a lowering of the the standard for restricted uh, speech is something that we should be extremely cautious of well, yeah. i hope they are i totally hear you and with that let's get into an origin story uh corinne and john ritchie if you've listened to the yay um episode 50 which was done the very first day uh of 2018 is when we had corinne on and you talked a little bit about how i think you and john met at three churches was it three churches or was it school uh, so we currently go three to three crosses. crosses. I'm sorry, yeah. three crosses. Yeah, yeah. We currently go to three crosses, but we actually did meet at church way back when um, in Union City, a tiny little church uh, called Hillview Baptist. That's where um, my family had gone for a couple of generations, and his family went. And it's so tiny that the church is essentially like five families that they're extended cousins and aunts and uncles, and that's pretty much it. One family was mine. One family was his. I like to say we're as close to an arranged marriage as you can get in the Bay Area. (laughs) (laughs) How fun. And I remember you were telling me uh, it was well, I mean, you were telling us you would, you know, ride your bike to, you know, his house or whatever. I mean, you guys were really just grew up together. I mean, usually a lot of couples, they meet as adults. But uh, you guys really, really I mean, it sounds like you were almost bonded together from the very beginning. Um, is, Is that true? That was it. Yep. Yep. We did. I mean, so much so that we it's we're kind of boring in the sense that, you know, a lot of couples have like these really uh, these really neat and and elaborate how they met stories. Mm-hmm. We we don't we, we don't oh, we don't remember. We don't remember meeting. We don't remember, <laughs> you don't recall the exact date that no. or right. occasion that we first came in contact with each other. And so, yeah, kids don't do that. Kids don't like, hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. Like I was in third grade when his family moved to our church yeah. and I know at some point we started doing plays together. That's the earliest memory I have was like, I remember being in fifth grade and being in a play with him. And that's the, that's all I remember. But you guys are doing plays together in elementary school. It's amazing. Yep. Yep. So I think I was, you remember what show? I will. They were with our church. So they were just like little skits and things like that. Church skits is what we (laughs) would do together. 
Yeah, so that's what, like our vacation Bible school that they, they would have send out these scripts to all the churches in the country and everyone would be putting on the same little plays at the same time during the summer. That's the earliest memory I have. And then so we kind of started doing the plays together and then eventually started directing the plays and then started writing them. And then next thing we know, like it hit over the course of years, by the time I got to 10th grade, it had already been several years that we'd been writing and directing and producing stuff together. We became the like go-to people, even though we're, you know, kids, but for a small church, they're like, oh yeah, Corinne and John, that's their thing. They put it on. So talk to them. They'll make it happen, you know? And people naturally assume that the two of you were together and you were like, no, 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 we're just friends. But eventually it did become a romantic thing, right? That's right. That's right. I, by now, I would hope. They're two kids. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say romantic. Can you explain what you mean by that? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah, we, we, yeah. Yeah, we know your origin story, Corinne, because you told us, you know, on uh, the last episode. How about you, John? Wait a did... we get a John origin story? Sure, why not? <laughs> yes! How did you get involved in theater? I mean, what, you know, um, just tell us your origins. Um, so I, I kind of just fell in, into theater a little bit. Um, I've always been interested in, uh, in just stories. In were you, the... were you, were, I'm sorry, were you born and raised here? Yeah, so, yeah, I was, uh, I was raised in, in, I grew up in Union City um hey. so yeah i've been a, a lifer in the bay in the east bay mm-hmm. uh, so yeah i was just even as a kid i was uh i've always been really i was always just interested in human stories in uh various mythologies from all over the world various cultures um i mean by like the fourth grade i pretty much had a a, a pretty good understanding of the the greek and roman mythological pantheon and and started expanding into uh you know norse mythologies and then getting into some of the eastern mythologies as well and just kind of um i was just really really interested in kind of these stories that kind of unite us as as people across the the world you see the same themes you see the same characters you see the same arcs uh, written in these stories thousands of years ago by cultures that never touched each other. And it was just like, it was, it was something that was fascinating to me, even from a, from a young age. And th- that kind of branched into, into theater because theater is just a, it's a very effective way of story of telling stories. And a lot of these stories were actually transmitted by theater. If it, if right. it weren't for them being converted into plays, some of them would not have survived. Right. Uh, and there, so. there, yeah. And I was just going to say, when you mentioned Greek and Roman mythology, I mean, there were the Greeks and the Romans. That's how theater began, because, you know, you had these uh, festivals, rituals. That ce- yeah. Yeah, rituals that celebrated the gods and right. Dionysus, you know, the, the god of fertility. Um, they had plays or yeah. I don't know if they knew knew it was called plays and the first actor, Thespis. Oh, they, yeah, they did. Yeah, that's so it's interesting how, you know, the two connect together um but how did you so could finish um you know i'm sure you're getting from there to when you met corinne yeah so um so that would have been fifth grade um uh, was was when we started attending that that church and i had never really had any any opportunities for any sort of interactions with with theater um i mean i'd, I'd seen some plays uh on like field trips and things like that um but it was it was really kind of my first chance to um to be involved with something especially because i if you're attending that church you're volunteering to do something on some capacity you're not you you weren't allowed not to uh it's just it was too small of a church and you know 
it was one of those things where it was a, a community effort to make everything happen. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just started getting involved in, in doing uh, church skit stuff. Um, she was already active in that. Uh, so that's, that would have likely been, I mean, that would have been the, the origin of our interactions really uh, was doing things like that. Um, I kind of, I kind of left it at just, uh, just church skit kind of stuff until I was in high school. Um, I decided to audition for a play in high school. It was Romeo and Juliet, my, uh, my freshman year. And uh, I didn't, I didn't really think too much of it. Um, I'd never actually, like, I'd never acted in like a, a, a what I would call a real um, play sure. uh, up to that point. It was just kind of to, to familiarize myself with, with that experience and, and also kind of learn more about, I, I, at that point, I'd already been, you know, doing directing and casting and, and acting in, in church skits and everything. I was just like, well, what's, what's, what is this really about? And I got cast in the play um and what were so you? what were you I, I was just i was like four different extras because <clears throat> there's there's a bunch of extras in romeo oh, romeo yeah. and julia is such a large cast show um right. th there's just people standing around everywhere i was in the opening fight scene that you was were one of the servants yeah yay I, so I, I was in the opening fight scene uh which was uh, absolutely insane this is my first show uh, and our uh <laughs> our our director of the of that high school, uh, a man I just have a tremendous amount of respect for. Uh, he's really he's really what pushed me to kind of uh, do this long term. But he was he used to do shows in uh, in New York on, like on Broadway and off Broadway, and so he's got all these contacts there. And one of them is a professional fight choreographer that he's real good friends with, and so uh -huh. he he brought him in, and so we had a professional fight choreographer choreographed the opening fight scene uh for Romeo and Juliet and it was absolutely it, it would have been insane for like a college or for a community right. uh theater to put this on and this was a high school um I actually had an I and like a acrobatic yeah. aerial move where I we had a platform that went up six feet and I actually had like basically doing stunt work in my first show ever where right. I actually jumped off of the six foot platform into a group of people who uh -huh. caught me and then we all fell down. I'm amazed uh, that's what wow. allowed that to happen. I don't think of lawsuits, but hey, you yeah. guys had fun. <laughs> uh, so our, uh, our, our theater director, he was, uh, he was a bit of a, um, he was a bit of a one man uh, a crew. So he had a lot of autonomy uh, because he was going to be able to get a lot of stuff done. But it was one of those things where they kind of just uh, let him do his thing, right? And uh, and yeah, uh, there were some there were some uh, no there I, there there were some some uh, some things that happened in the rehearsals for for oh, that stuff. Injuries, yeah. There was a little bit of, there was a few injuries uh, oh, in, in, no in rehearsing that for that fight scene. But uh, yeah, if you're jumping off platforms, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Lucian Vinci was our director at Logan Drama, um, and he's been a huge supporter of Plathos. And um, over the years, we've kept in touch with him and his wife. And uh, but yeah, he was uh, he directed us both in shows throughout our time at Logan, and was a huge inspiration. For yeah, me. I mean, he's he's really a a a large part of of where the the passion for theater came from. I had an interest in theater before I met him. 
um, it was it was really it it was really him that fostered a uh, a passion for theater in me. I learned a lot about theater, the history and the like, the functions of theater throughout mm -hmm. uh, throughout human cultures and that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, it's just a it's a fascinating art form. Um, the more I interact with it, the the more I learn about it. Um, it's just it's just something that it's it's the living, breathing, three dimensional, fully immersive representation of the human condition there's there's no substitute for it mm, yeah um, it's, it's it's like looking at a painting and a sculpture and hearing a radio broadcast all at the same time and it's moving and it's breathing and it's people and uh it's it's just uh, it's a wonderful art form that i'm in love with Mm. Yeah, I was going to, you know, as you were talking about your teacher, I recently, uh, about a couple of weeks ago, our high school teacher, Donald Lease, that's how I know about Thespis and, you know, the origins of theater history um, from yeah. him. And he inspired all of us. And I, it's all wonderful to hear teachers who, you know, because students, they're like, oh, my God, I got to go to school again and listen to these boring stuff. But then again, you have a teacher that just inspires you and you want to run to school and you want to learn as much as you can. And right. you realize there's a fire that's lit in you and it doesn't go away. And it's inspiring to hear that. Um, and Norman, I'm sure, you know, you, when you've taught, whether it be at a each one, reach one or other areas, you realize that once you teach, you teach these kids, you, you can light a fire in them and you can inspire them. That you, there's always something you can do, but it's, it's <clears throat> my theater teacher is on Facebook and he rarely posts. He rarely responds to anything. But it's just neat to see his name come up every now and then. And whenever I'm doing a show or something, I'm always happy to, you know, throw out that thank you so much. I wouldn't be doing this because if it weren't for you. And I can't imagine what that feels like. I'm I'm seeing bits and pieces of it, but I always end up feeling like I'm sort of in competition. <laughs> you know, if somebody gets a gig and I don't get the gig, I'm like, wait a minute. How come they... See, you inspired them so much. They're getting, they're getting gigs. They're getting jobs. It's great to see. It's, it's, you know, you can't help but be a little proud. Yeah. I did have a question for the both of you. Uh, when, you know, when I tell people about, because this is a, we're talking about love in the theater, but there's three types of love. There's agape, <clears throat> the love of God. Uh, there's uh, platonic, platos, I forget what they call it, the love of man. And of course, eros, uh, the love of, of, you know, intimate love. But my, you know, I got involved in theater the same way that both of you did through the church. You know, it was the church ladies writing up these plays and getting kids to be inspired by, you know, public speaking and also by the love of God. You know, we were teaching stories about, you know, the birth of Jesus Christ and the crucifixion and the apostles and all of that sort of stuff to root, get root us into our our connection with God. And, you know, as a as an actor and as someone involved in the theater community, a lot of times I don't bring up my faith because there are a lot of folks in the theater community who have a community that doesn't um, push them away or they don't, you know, make um, choices. Um, I'm, I'm being inarticulate, but a lot of them, you know, uh, church can push them away because let's say they're gay or lesbian or transgendered or, you know, they're of a particular group that are ostracized but so i um but you know theater i guess i want you guys to talk about you not only have a love for each other and the love of theater but you have a love of god and uh, i think the three crosses and the fact that you, both of you are so you know uh are connected in your faith that that's the thing that also binds the two of you together can you talk a little bit about that 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I said, you know, we're coming up on 14 years of marriage this summer and uh, it, numerous times, especially in the beginning of our marriage, I've said, I don't know how people who don't have some kind of faith component to their marriage, I don't know how they do it because it's so hard. Like there's so much selfishness. There's so much um, like inward, you know, like I think our, 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 our community, our country, our world, our society makes us feel like, well, if at any point you're not having fun, then it's not worth doing. Or if it's not working for you, then, you know, go find someone who is. And there's just, you know, but I think it's just so uh, the opposite of what we learn in the Bible, what we learn at church and what we learn from our fellow like church community where the the commitment is serious and the commitment is not just committed commitment to one another, but it is a commitment that you're making with God as well. And I think that whole trifecta of commitment is is what has really been central for us. It's, you know, when he's making me mad, I'll take it up with God. And, you know, like that's kind of the way that, you know, there's, there's a rootedness there beyond just like, well, am I happy? Are you happy? Yes, no. Uh, you know, because from day to day, year to year, season to season, there's going to be times where it's going to be difficult and it's going to be like, I'd be better single or whatever. But, um, but that faith component, I think has been a huge part of letting us know that there's something beyond just my happiness, his happiness, there, the, there's so much more to marriage and, and a life commitment. Yeah, and I think it's the reason why the two of you, I mean, I, I would assume that the two of you are, uh, I think you two are the, I don't think that there's, you guys haven't had another partner prior to the two of you. You guys have been there, there forever. I mean, are the two of you, you're each other's first love? So I, I only ever had one other boyfriend besides John. Um, what do you want to share? <laughs> and if I'm uh, stepping on the third rail, I can always, this is not live. No, 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 I, <laughs> I can uh, cut all of this. <laughs> I mean, uh, so we had known each other for a long time. We'd been, we had been in a sort of close environment a long time, but, um, but as you had, you know, alluded to earlier, uh, a lot of people thought that we, um, were romantically involved uh, much mm -hmm. before we were. Um, we actually, we didn't uh, officially get together until I was already out of high school. So, yeah. Okay. So no, there that, were other things that happened between. Right. Yes. Yeah. For, for both of us. So. Um, one question that I've asked um, <clears throat> also the couples that we had earlier, um, Julie Coabara and Chuck, has there been um, has has theater um, strengthened the relationship has or has it um, I know a lot of times, you know, we look at theater and love and two people being on stage together and how wonderful or how romantic it can be, but also can be trying. I mean, it can really test a relationship has uh, and especially the two of you who co-found has co-found, you know, a company together has. Have, have there been rough times or how do you deal with the rough times as far as working together? Like, I don't know, if, you know, there've been a lot of uh, ladies that I've had in my life. They're like, oh my God, you're doing a Q to Q and you're not going to be in until, you know, 12 midnight, you know, what's going on and are you making any money? And they don't really understand um, why theater is so important to me. And sometimes my, what I do on the theater, whether it's an actor as a stage manager or whatever, can be taxing on a relationship. Have there been times where it's been taxing and how do you guys deal with it? Do you wanna handle that one? Well, I'm sure. Um, I, anything has the potential to tax a relationship. 
I mean, that's just the the nature of how relationships work is there's so many intersection points with so many other things in, in life, with, you know, work, with hobbies, with uh, other relationships, with friendships, with other family uh, relationships. So there's so many different things that um, that come into play when you're trying to connect two separate individuals um, into a single life together. Um, I, I think sort of the way that I, I look at it as far as um, having something as time consuming and resource uh, consuming as theater, um, being a part of the relationship, especially because uh, even before we started Plathos, uh, Corinne was involved in um, some shows uh, at, like Berkeley Playhouse and, um, and such. And the way that I see it is if I were, if she were interested in this creative outlet for uh, you know, something that she was interested in for some amount of, of like sort of creative fulfillment. If I were to oppose that because I wanted to, but, you know, because it was going to take her away from the house and away from, you know, spending time with her. If I was going to take that fulfillment away from her, it's my responsibility to essentially replace it with something else. And if I'm unable to do that, then I've left her at a deficit. Wow, that's and, a great point. That's a really good point. And it, and it helps me out as well because it, it takes that pressure <laughs> off of me. This is something, this, this means that I don't have to. If, if I can encourage her to do something where she's going to find fulfillment, uh, I mean, nobody is going to ever be able to 100% uh, satisfy another human being. It's just, it's, it's not possible to do that. And if, that, if that's sort of your standard for life, you're going to fail. Um, so if I can find something that is a, a seamless kind of uh, way to, to, to fold that into the, the relationship of simply by supporting her and doing something, then it, that's a level of satisfaction that I don't have to provide for her. So that, you know, if, we, if you use the 80-20 rule, if, if I allow that to fill some of the 20 that I'm not able to, to provide, then it makes me able to more concentrate on the 80 that I can do. Yeah. One question I have for you, Corinne, how, how has Plethos either enhanced or challenged the relationship between the two of you? I, I have told people in private conversations and now in public that I, I genuinely feel like Plethos perhaps saved our marriage, perhaps uh, was a huge catalyst in our marriage. It's, it's been, for me, it like, yes, it is. There's times that it's taxing. There's, you know, t weekends where we work ourselves to death and we wake up early and we stay up late and we're exhausted and sore and bruised and cut up from set building or whatever. Like it's taxing, but um, it, it was what, it was exactly what we needed. I think prior to that, I, I know that my, like I literally go into remission when I'm not doing theater, like I go into withdrawal rather, like I, uh, like I, I, I crave doing theater. Um, there were times where when our kids were like little, little, and I, I just couldn't be involved in theater, I would have dreams about being in plays because I was not able to do it. So I would like have these dreams, you know, the actor's nightmare where you uh, wake up and you're on stage and it's opening night and you don't know any of your lines and you don't know where your, where your costume is and all this stuff. Like I would have these recurring dreams because I was trying to not do theater. Um, and so I know that it that it's in me like to do theater 
and having tried to sort of stop it for a while and just focus on kids and family and stuff, it was, it was hard. And so to me, I kind of see it as it's going to be hard one way or another, either I'm going to not do theater and it's going to be hard or I'm going to do theater and it's also going to be hard. So yeah. I, I prefer the, uh, the creative outlet and being exhausted and, you know, throw some band-aids on and can't wait till the next show opens. I want to touch on the, um, that period of trying not to do theater. Cause I remember making that decision at one point. I'm like, that's what I did when I was a kid. I'm done with that. I'm going to get out and be serious. Yep. And even when I moved to the Bay area, I thought, I'm going to take a pause. I don't know if and when I'm going to do any more theater. And it was like eight months. And somebody gave me a call. Oh, some so-and-so said that you did theater. And, yep, I was back in. That's the longest I think I've been in my life mm-hmm. since high school outside of theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to ask. Yeah, period where you were just like, no theater, can't do it. Yep, yep. I, I, I'm sorry, I was just going to ask how... Um, How's it been with the kids? I mean, are they enjoying, you know, the life of uh, being kids of theater parents? Are they and are they eventually going to be involved on stage? You know, maybe you have budding actors um, in the future. Yeah, yeah. They've actually been in plays already, not with Plathos yet, um, but at Three Crosses, they do huge productions there. Thousands of people come to watch these like fully staged uh, performances, which are amazing. So I did a couple of those and um, I brought the kids in with me. So they each were in a major like Christmas production. And then all three of us were in uh, Beauty and the Beast that was at Three Crosses. Mm -hmm. And John was uh, helping out backstage for that show as well. So, and then um, this summer they will make their Plato's debut. Both the kids will be in Elephant and Piggy. Nice, really, really cool. How's How's it balancing parenting? With, um, you know, with, 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 I guess, handling, you know, plethora, especially when you guys are in a production. So I'm mostly gone when we're in a production. So that's the John question. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's no different than, I mean, from that aspect, it's no different than, uh, you know, if she were out doing anything else. Uh, it does get a little bit tricky when, when the, when we get closer to showtime like the uh, cues and paper tech and uh, yeah, that sort of stuff yeah especially for you know a lot of the shows i've i've done sound mm-hmm. um and you know when we're when we're building sets you know when we're doing the tech stuff and, and when the shows go up i we, we've both been at you know every performance, every performance. yeah so when we're both needed that's that's the trickiest yeah. Yeah. I guess that child care, child care comes in. I should say both of you kids are very well behaved. I mean, you, yeah. you guys Thank have done you. an excellent, excellent job at uh, child rearing. Um, Thank you. They're really it's really sweet how proud they are. Like JL, I've heard her bragging to her friends like my mom owns a theater company and like she she's very proud. And, and I know that they they enjoy when it's performance time and they get to be backstage and they've made some really cute connections with the actors, especially because, you know, at 10 and eight, they are actually closer in age to some of the actors than we are. And so th- there have been some awkward moments where they're like, you play that video game, I play that video game. And then the next thing you know, they're, <laughs> they're playing. So No, that's awesome. Yeah. I did have a question about, because uh, I know the, the only way that I can relate to working with a relative or let's say a close person while doing business, and it also involves arts, like me and my dad, you know, prior to me getting involved in theater, when I graduated from college, I stayed away from theater and I 
was only involved in music. And me and my dad are very close, but a lot of times we would clash professionally. Like I'd say, hey, we should do this music or I wrote this thing and we're not producing it, what's going on? And of course, dad was the leader of the group. And so sometimes we bumped heads, but we also knew how to patch things together. I'm sure the two of you go through that as well. Let's say selecting a piece, let's say um, auditions. And let's say John may like a person, you may not like the person, or you you have different concepts of, of what to do. How do you mesh that with also, um, you know, it's it's one of those things of taking off one hat of being professional and also putting on the hat of being in a relationship and being loving and caring to one another. Some people can do that with ease. Some people have a really hard time with it. Um, I'm sure you two of you clash professionally sometimes as as all people do. How do you mesh that with still holding on to the relationship? Well, luckily we have a great board of directors that helps with a lot of that so that no decision is just me or just him or, you know, just somebody else. We try to um, make whenever there's things like that, that we just can't quite figure out, you know, especially with 2020 and 2021, really, uh, we had to make a lot of really hard decisions. Do we try to go live? Do we not? Do we stream? Do we not? You know, how, how do we deal with the safety issues that we've never had to encounter before, you know, and some theaters are just shuddering and not dealing with it. And other are going no we're going to go head on one way or another so there were a lot of hard decisions but thankfully our board helps with a lot of that but you know there are times where you know we're different um i love musicals i think john would be just fine in a world where musicals weren't a thing so (laughs) that's that's going to be an ongoing thing um currently the hot topic issue is uh waitress right now waitress is not a um it's not available to put on for like licensing and rights but I'm on the wait list because as soon as it's available, I want Playthos to put it on and John hates it. So we'll see what happens. But there's going to be some tug of war over Waitress. Is Waitress a musical? I'm not, I'm not familiar it's, with that. It's a uh, musical. Yeah. yeah. Musical. yeah. I, I guess I'll be hearing about it. Um, John, I'll <laughs> ask you this question, both of you, but you know, I'll start with John. That also deals with finances, like you know, where to put the money and where to, yeah. you know, how to handle that. So how do you, and I think Plethos has done an excellent job. I mean, there've been a lot of theater companies that are new. They blow, let's say, I don't know, a couple of thousand dollars and then the money's gone and that's it, you know, it's folded. But Plethos has done very, very well, but I'm sure those are conversations that the two of you have. Um, How have you, you know, has there been any difficulty with that or is that something the board also handles as well? Uh, We have an amazing treasurer. Um, She has done a fantastic job of making sure we are never out over our skis. Uh, We have, um, we have always bitten everything off in, in really small chunks. Um, we limit the amount of things that we finance. We try to, uh, concentrate, um, on, on purchases. Um, if we can't purchase it, we try to come up with a reason why we don't need it. Uh, there are, there have been things that we've had to finance and, and we make sure that the, the, the payments for those things are top priority. Um, so I mean, if that means not spending, you, you know, elsewhere it it just it it resets your your sort of priority list and what you what you think you might need you probably actually don't need (laughs) yeah put in a lot of sweat equity yeah you don't have to Uh, it's also it's also really concentrating on uh on sort of our sustainability model is kind of based a little bit off of uh you know things that we can reuse um, you know, resources that we can purchase one time and, and, and use every single show. Um, 
That makes for that a very cluttered, cluttered garage because uh, you guys don't it have does. any. <laughs> <laughs> we have a storage unit now, though. We, oh, that, that was, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. got a storage unit. So thankfully, but now don't ask how our garage looks because it is still just as messy as always. Yeah. But we do have a storage unit, which is also full. So, yeah. Well, well that's good because, you know, obviously, you know, especially with theater and also your own private life, a lot of times they merge and all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, I've got to put the set here and that it disrupts what you can do as a family. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it sounds like the two of you don't argue over money. You're like, oh my God, we got to spend a thousand dollars. I got to whip, whip out the credit card. It sounds like you guys don't have arguments like that. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, in our like private marriage, we're not in debt and we've made sure to keep Plathos the same way. So we don't have these like crazy credit card bills that are, you know, racking things up. Um, the like financial model of Plathos was crowdfunding. So we raised $5,000 with an Indiegogo campaign in uh over the course of 30 days in 2017 and um and then we just took some calculated risks we used that 5000 and put everything we had into putting on our our show our, our in the heights in the summer of 2018 mm -hmm. and we got the bank account down to almost nothing but we you know got it all back and then some and we're like great let's just keep doing that and so that that was really all we did was it took a tremendous amount of risk on the front end but now we're at a place where we've been able to build up reserves and so we have money to put into multiple shows and we're not wiping it out the bank we're not wiping the bank account clean every time um, so, so that's, that's felt, felt really good to feel like there's stability there. We're not in debt. And, you know, the biggest thing has been, we don't have a dedicated space. So unlike a lot of other theaters that during this pandemic have unfortunately just been shelling out money on a venue that they can't utilize, we've basically just been able to maintain because, you know, yeah, we weren't able to bring in a bunch of money for live shows, but we weren't. Oh, you still there? Money on a venue. Oh, oh yeah. So, for us, it was just a holding pattern. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's just a holding pattern. And then we got some grants. So the, you know, uh, our biggest grant yet was a $6,000 grant we just got from the Alameda County Arts Okay. Yeah, I heard about that. That's fantastic. You're breaking up just a little bit, um, you know, bandwidth issues. But no, that's fantastic. And, um, you know, the business model is, is totally, totally working. You guys are still there? I'm not sure. They may have to come back. <laughs> we can just see if they're coming back. Yeah. You may need to. No, I'm curious. So while we're yeah. while we're what, waiting to see, yeah, um, I'm curious to see where Plethos goes next. What they see, you know, that next step as, and it's hard to say. I mean, how? I guess the first question would be, how are they dealing now in the pandemic, mm -hmm. and what? And you know, do they see a light at the end of the tunnel? One question I have. One question I have for you as they come back on. We still yeah. are getting you, Corinne and John. Okay, they're going to log off and they're going to log back on. Right. But you, throughout the years, Norman, you've seen young companies, and of course, they always have the bold ideas. Oh, we're going to do great theater. We're going to do this and that. And then a couple of years later, they're gone. Right. Um, how do you assess uh, Plantus? I mean, you know, which I mean, obviously, we've had a wonderful experience with them with Foreman in Paris, but maybe I, it, I'm, I've been so impressed with Corinne and how she's handled the publicity and use, oh, really using social media to grow. Um, no, she's definitely savvy about that. I, he, the thing is seeing companies come and go, sometimes you see brilliant ideas and something happens and they don't sustain. Sometimes you see ideas that you aren't crazy about or you don't understand why anybody cares. And and they go for 20 years or longer you know they 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 find their way 
So I think all companies start off with some sort of generic mission of we're going to make great theater. We're going to make, you know, somehow our theater is unique. Um, and there may be ways that they choose, but in order to get to that, past that first stage of growth, I, I think more than having an identity is having that passion, you know. Yeah. You connect both up so that somebody, there she is. Yeah, they're coming back. Okay, sorry about we're, that. We were singing uh, your praises yeah. as as we were, you know, we were just talking as you guys were logging <laughs> oh, back on. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. But we were just saying how impressed because, you know, Norman, I mean, Norman has been, I've only been in the Bay Area since 97. That's 20 years. But Norman has been a lot longer. And he's seen a lot of young companies come in and out. And they all say the same thing. We're going to do great things. And then well, the money yeah. runs out and then they just crash. But, well, uh, you know, well, I was saying both. I was saying it's hard to assess because you can see people with brilliant ideas. And for one reason or another, they go nowhere. And then you see other people and they just figure out something that works. And I may not be thrilled. Like there was a uh, thrill peddlers for the longest time was very focused on um, what is it called? Um, Grand Guignol, you know, this blood and guts theater. That oh, was their yeah. thing. Yeah. So always a big Halloween show, always. Mm -hmm. And it went on for like a couple of decades. Mm. And I was like, when that first happened, I thought that was cute. And then they did it again. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, you guys are really skilled. And then they kept doing it. And I was like, who wants to see this? I mean, you know, just not me. Um, but clearly people did. People supported it. And it was thriving. And after a while, you realize they're making good theater. I don't have to be in love with it. And you just don't know. But even more than that are the people who do come into those companies and whatever happens to the company, to watch them continue, it's exciting to be around and see somebody around for five years and go, hey, hey, let's let's keep pace. Let's keep going. Yeah. And you've done a magnificent job, Corinne, of just managing, handling social media, you know, because theaters just can't put out a little blurb saying, hey, we've got a show going on and you do the show and you just expect people to come in because you're in competition with so many other theater companies that are doing the same thing. You have to master Twitter and, and Snapchat and Instagram and all of the new things, TikTok and all of that stuff. And I think you've done it. I mean, I think, uh, and it's a struggle for a lot of other theater companies. I mean, we talked about Off-Broadway West that had been run, I think maybe for the last 15 years, but they are no longer in existence because, you know, they couldn't bring in new audiences. So I think Plethos has done an amazing job mastering this new technology, which is changing as we speak, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like social media is one of those arts that I'm still trying to learn. I'm still trying to improve. There's always you can always get better. And so I'm I'm trying because I know that there's a, a population of young folks in the East Bay with nothing to do, money to spend and ready to absorb some art. So I just want to make sure our message gets out to them. So I try to learn as much as I can about how to get our message to them as best as possible. Yeah, I only had just a few more questions and we're running close to the one hour mark. We talked with one, we talked with Chuck and Julie uh, Kawabara, and we talked about, let's say you get a phone call, and I know, Corinne, you know, uh, the both of you have been out of uh, being on stage for a while, but you may get that proverbial phone call, hey, we want you in LA, we want you in New York, or something that may take you away. I mean, have, have you had those instances where, let's say, an opportunity may disrupt um, the, the, the family or, or, or what have you? Um, or but the answer may be no. 
There haven't been any major ones. I mean, probably the biggest disruption was, you know, when I was in the uh, Berkeley Playhouse show that I, I was working 40 hours a week and then I was doing 40 hours of the show. So I was gone 80 hours a week. Uh, and so I was just never around. And so that was definitely the biggest, like when I think about, you know, what I wanted when, so that was years before I started play those. And so when I did start it, I thought, you know, that was an amazing experience and the show turned out incredible, but that was more than I was able to balance. Like to me, the balance was way off. I was just never home. And so I'm like, what, even when we start this theater company, there has to be balance. I can't do, you know, seven day a week rehearsals. I can't do all day, every day, weekends and weekends on end forever and ever. It's just, it has to be shorter. It has to fit into our lives. And um, so, so, you know, that, that is something that I've taken really seriously with um, when we schedule out our shows is just, we don't do the three months of performances. We keep them short and we don't rehearse seven days a week. We don't have full days, full weekends, mo months on end. We keep it quite short just so that it's not a huge intrusion um, into our lives. And, um, but if, if the, like, hypothetically, if some big acting or performing opportunity came up, at this point, I feel like confident. I would just be like, nope, Plathos is what I want to do. Uh, sorry, LA, New York is going to have to wait. Like, uh, this yeah. is, this but is could, everything right now. Yeah, but it can also happen on the other end. Let's say the day job. Let's say, John, you may mm -hmm. get a, job, a call from, I don't know, either your office or another office saying, hey, we love your skills. We want you to work in. I don't know. Uh, there are a lot of folks who I was looking. Uh, there was another thing that happened in the news. The electoral college will be changing in 2024. And um because people are leaving, people are leaving California, you know, mm -hmm. people are leaving right. to go to the Midwest. Yep. There's uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, they're actually actively campaigning uh, in California saying, hey, come take a job here, we'll pay you $10,000 to relocate. Yep. Um, so right. you may get the proverbial, yeah, they're doing it. I don't know if I want to, I mean, it sounds like a great incentive, but do you want to live in Tulsa? I don't know. Um, you you make it. I, I do not want to live in Tulsa. I wouldn't mind, actually. But not, not, nothing against you, Tulsa. Nothing, not, not, nothing personal. It's just I've been there before, and no, I wouldn't want to live there. Well, I'm no. a big Hanson fan, and Tulsa uh, yeah. is Hanson headquarters, so <laughs> I have yeah. no problem. Like, if we need to go to Tulsa, me, uh, Hanson, we'll hang out. Yeah. Wait. But John, um, let's say let's say you get a call from I don't know, like, hey, we want to relocate you to Dallas, Texas, or something yeah. like that. Uh, it may it'll rip you away from the Bay Area community, and it may it may change plethos. I mean, uh, what if that were to happen? Um, I mean, it would it would be just a situation where I'd have to take into consideration all of the the aspects at the time. I mean, it's it's a really lame answer but uh, it's just it's it's hard to uh, answer hypotheticals sometimes but uh, oh, i sure. mean plathos plathos actually has it, it pre plathos it would it would have been an easier decision post with plathos as a as a thing um especially as we i mean we have an interest in uh in trying to acquire a permanent space uh really? and really? and if if we're able to do that then i mean that's i mean we you know we have our home here uh, we have our kids have friendships here. We have friendships here. If we had a theater here, I mean, those are roots, right? Um, you don't just you don't just pull those up. So, yeah, yeah, because it really is about the community, and it's one of the things that we emphasize on the yay. It's not just putting up a show, <clears throat> but theater is really about growing the community and. Yeah and defining and refining the community, especially when you do have people who, you know, people who move away, 
that disrupts the community. And then you have new people who are like, hey, what is California? What is the Bay Area? What is Oakland? You know, what is it? And then they go to, a, 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 you know, a show, let's say a Plato show. And they're like, oh, wow, this is interesting. And it's not just the show, but people having fun, people enjoying themselves. And it's like, wow, this is something that I can't get anywhere else. So one last question, uh, where do you see yourselves and the future and, and Plethos, let's say five or 10 years from now? I know it's yet um, another hypothetical, but. <laughs> that's right. I mean, a dedicated space is probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, taking our show on the road has been exciting and fun, but it also has cost us a couple of times. You know, there's, there's shows that we would have done if we could have just landed the proper venue for it. Um, so that, I think that's the biggest thing is, um, is getting a dedicated space. Uh, but also, I, I would love to see us do bigger and bigger shows. We've kept them pretty small because we had that financial piece in mind of like, we can't blow the bank. We have to be mindful. We have to be sustainable. So let's do these small and attainable shows. But I'm excited to kind of push the gas a little more and go bigger and better and really take um, what we are capable of doing to the next level now that we've had years to acquire more equipment and expand our network. And, um, and who knows, maybe we will get to the point where we can actually hire equity actors. So far, it's just been community actors, which is great. And I love to do. Yeah, and I think you, that's you always to going to be know that whole talent pool. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think community will always be a part of it. There will always be uh, roles for community actors, but I think having a couple of equity positions would be really great too. And, and we're also zero staff, you know, we don't make any money. We don't have any kind of staff that are paid for Plathos. Everything we do is on a show to show basis, but eventually it would be great to have some support staff that are hired people. Like I would love to create some jobs. So. Sounds good. Um, any one last thing, uh, any advice that the two of you have for, let's say, a new budding um, individuals who want to get involved in theater and who, I don't know, who couples who are, I don't know, in love and advice for a couple that's been together for oh, 14 years. All that together. Damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, one last thing. What advice for someone who, I mean, 14 years, that's a lot. I mean, you guys are a veteran couple. Uh, what advice do you have for young lovers out there? Uh, um, I, I, I always, I always fall back on communication. I think that's one of the things that has been strong in our marriage is I, I yeah, you have to be able to talk, um, openly and, and honestly, and I, I and really, if you, if you approach it from, from that, a lot of the other stuff will, will fall in. You'll just figure it out because, you know, it's going to be the two of you, um, working together to make the the decisions and to make the things work but if if both of you aren't talking then it you know one of you ends up making all the decisions and one of you feels stepped on and that kind of thing so the only way to make sure that it's both of you is you both have to be participating yeah i don't know how this ghosting generation is gonna fare like that's just not well. that's not gonna that's not gonna work like um, right yeah i, I, I agree. like i can't last long no, no, no. And I think my, my only advice I'd say was just like making, living your life with somebody, like sharing your existence with another human. Uh, it, it's possible with anyone. Like you can make it work with anyone. There, every, every issue you encounter is just something that needs to be dealt with. And so as long as you find somebody worth dealing with, as long as you know that core of that person is worth 
you know, figuring it out, then you can make it work with anyone. It's just the only thing that's going to change are the problems that you're going to encounter. But as long as you're willing to put in the work, then it's just boxes that you check and you, there's just steps you take. And as long as you're willing to be patient and, um, and open-minded, then I think it's, it's possible. You, you don't have to, you know, pull your hair out because I don't know if he's exactly perfect or she's exactly the, the one. Like, I think anyone can be the one as long as you're both willing to do the work. So, so you're saying I'm not special. It's mostly yeah. about the work that you're doing. The, both, the, the work we're both doing, <laughs> darling. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, that's that's excellent advice. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. And uh, let's oh, get into. And, sh- uh, don't forget the uh, Valentine's Day challenge. So we're gonna like breeze through these really fast because uh, the go for so, it. Valen- hashtag- no, no, we, we got we got one minute. One minute. Okay. Hashtag Valentine's Day challenge twenty twenty one. There's all these little little prompts. Okay. So we've got first date. Uh, oh gosh, first date. We saw a movie. It was um. It was in 2001. It was Rat Race. That was our first date. Oh we God. saw Rat Race I, <laughs> at we, Century 25 in Union City. We need to do some research. I'm, I know, right? Uh, we, we'll make up a better answer. How long have we been together? So we first started dating in the fall of 2001. So, oh my God. Oh, nice. Wow. Wow. September 11th. During that yeah, catastrophe, you guys we met. actually we did. We have concert tickets uh, with September 11th date on yeah, them. Weezer. We, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We were supposed to see Weezer on September 11th. Yeah, and they wow. canceled the concert after after what happened. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, we talked married. We've been 14 years. Age yep. difference. Well, I'm forever 29. So. Um, <laughs> so, I, so I guess the age difference is growing. Which <laughs> 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 is weird. No, I think you get to keep pace, right? You just keep pace with her. Uh, no, I have no interest in what would that that would have made me forever thirty two. <laughs> I, I, be, I believe that he's uh, he's three years older than I am. Uh, who was interested first? Um, oh, that was me. Okay. Who's taller? We're about the same height. Actually. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Little babe, who said I love you first? That one's always a good one. Gotta be John. I'm gonna guess John. Know. That was John. Was it me? Yeah, it was you. Okay. And it was at our church, actually. <clears throat> Usually the man. Most impatient. Ooh. Depends on what. That one's not yeah. easy. Yeah, it depends hard. on what it's about. Uh, we we are funny. both very patient very about some patient. things yeah. and very impatient about others. Yeah. That's funny. I don't know. That's a hard one. That's I'm, a hard I'm one. I'm not sure. I feel like a lot of couples are like instantly. You. <laughs> uh, well, I. Well, we talk. We talk through so many things. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. We're both pretty patient people. I think. Um, who's most sensitive? That's definitely me. Yeah. Oh. Uh, who's loudest? Both of you are about the same. <laughs> about the same. We're, we're, it's a house full of extroverts here. Like, well, plus we're we're both trained in diaphragmatic breathing and true. use it often to project our yep. voice to the to fill a room. Yeah. So. If he's not yelling at the kids, I'm singing. So between the two of them, yeah. it's just always. Yeah, I was, was going to ask who's who's the good cop, bad cop, because I would think Corinne's the good and and John would be the bad cop. I mean, not that you have to discipline your kids, you know, all the time because they're so wonderful. Oh, I think yeah, that's, 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 about right. that's, that's about right. That's what the kids would say. Yeah, that's that definitely what nice. the kids would say. That's so me to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, most stubborn. That's John. all, John. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. So that's John. I'll take it. He's more stubborn. I'm more of the, I'm sure we can figure this out. John's just like, no. <laughs> like, who falls asleep first? Oh, that's me. I go to bed early. 
Uh, and John's like a vampire now. He stays up till I don't know what time. I go to bed. Uh, who cooks better? Oh, that's John. Really? Oh, yeah. nice. that's shocking. Especially, especially during uh, work from home, man. Yeah. Now, now that I've got all day to cook, yeah, I could spend five hours on a rack of ribs. Oh yeah. <laughs> Way to like slow cook in our using our oven over the course of four days. He would do it. I would do it. Whereas I'm like, if it's been forty minutes, it's too long. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, better morning person. That's me. I wake up, hit the ground running. John. If he wakes up at all, it's... You shouldn't ask me questions before noon. It's true. <laughs> um, better driver. John's going to say him, except he's hit more things. So I'm going to say me. <laughs> and that's one I think most yes. couples disagree on. Yeah. yeah I love an answer I saw. It's like, yeah, if you mean in like a drive a Model T. Kind of way. Now, are either of you a backseat driver or a side, like you're sitting on the side seat and you're like, no, go there, go there. What are you doing? Mm. No? I, if, if either of us is, it's me. I, 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 I just pump the invisible brake because I'm like, why is he going so fast? We're so close. <laughs> you don't know how many accidents I prevent. Or I'm like, they're stopping. <laughs> I've never hit another car. so He's hit poles. My, my wife grabs for the, the non-existent handle. Yeah, right. I keep seeing this, and I'm like, "What are you reaching for? Oh my god, right. I'm just hurting." That's funny. Um, most competitive. That's definitely John. I'm not a competitive person. I'm like, "Can we all win? Can we all get trophies?" Like, I'm not. I I, I would say you're a competitive person, Korea. <laughs> Funniest. I guess the kids would say John because he's the silliest. So. I don't know. During the families, uh, you were you were pretty good, uh, Corinne. I got to see as much of a performance for, for you. Oh. I mean, you're you're doing pretty good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Where do you eat out most as a couple? Ooh, we 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 kind of go Top yeah. Thai just because we maybe, live maybe we live a few thai. houses down from Top yeah. Thai, so we're there pretty frequently. Nice. Do JPs and Yeah, JPs. We got yeah, we're there a lot. Um, who's more social? John is like right. pandemic. Stay home and not see people. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> don't, don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah. Whereas I am, I'm just like crawling the walls, and this poor guy has to deal with me because I'm just pulling my hair out because I need to. I, I literally just like walked with my neighbor walking her dog just to get human interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's the neat freak? Mm. I, we we need one. I don't think we have a neat freak. No. <laughs> John, John just wants everything out so he can see it. Like, as long as I can just say, see everything, I know where it is. So then, whereas I'm like, just throw it anywhere so that it looks kind of neat. But, you know, not, I don't know. The room, the room is looking pretty clean. I mean, you know, that's a that's a I don't I don't see, you know, the bed is even made up. Oh, yeah. Look yeah. at that. Boom. <laughs> I would say I, I am. I would put I wouldn't call either of us a neat freak. I would say I am neat, neater because I actually believe that everything has a a place to be put and should be put away. Isn't uh, that she, an amazing concept? She, she just thinks that like, if it fits, that's its place. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> not how that works. Uh, oh my gosh, there's a little more of these than I thought. Okay, first kiss, where where was the first kiss? Oh, it was in, um, it was in our friend's car. It was in the backseat of our friend's car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who plans date nights? Uh, we we used to take turns. Yeah, yeah you should, sometimes it's kind of a wee thing. Yeah, the first to admit they're wrong. Probably me. I think I apologize constantly. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. Who wears the pants in the relationship? Uh, well, during quarantine, neither of us wear much pants. Actually, he, he tends to wear more <laughs> yeah, pants than I do. Uh, who cries more? Oh, I'm in a constant state of tears, especially during the pandemic. Just, I'm surprised I made it through this interview, really. Uh, who has more tattoos? We're both at zero. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> who spends the most money? Hmm. We're both really cheap. Yeah. We're really uh, cheap people. I mean, neither of us is going to cop to this. <laughs> I buy more frequently. <laughs> yeah. I do all the buying for yeah, our yeah, house. Yeah. So I'm just based on like sheer transactions. Doing the shopping. Probably me. Yeah. 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 Uh, we went to the same school when we went to Logan. Oh, yeah, yeah. And furthest we've traveled is Israel. And who drives? We both drive. So, okay. Valentine's Day <laughs> challenge. Done. Sorry. Nice. Nice. Thank questions. you. <laughs> yeah, and that, this is a challenge, and people will be logging on to the yay to get the answers from uh, Corinne and John. So yeah. that's a nice little uh, tie-in. So very, very cool. Um, birthdays. Um, Norman. Birthdays. Um, a woman. Uh, it's so funny. I want to say a young woman. A woman I went to high school with. So clearly not a young woman. Uh, so, but we did theater in high school. Uh, Sue Lim is her birthday today. Uh, I'm going to skip some because I think you may have them. Ian Walker I'm definitely going to take because he's my buddy and it's his birthday. Ian. Yeah. Yeah. And Baruch Porras Hernandez. I think it's the first time I've ever said his name all the way and we've known each other forever. Um, he's an amazing theater artist in, well, I guess in the Mission District now. Um, and we met uh, doing a playwrights um, selection committee. Danny Martin, amazing, wonderful, fun actor, really giving guy. Uh, Luis Valls, somebody I went to San Francisco State with. His birthday is just coming this week. He always has barbecues. He lives like two blocks from Ocean Beach. And he has barbecues for his birthday. This is the best weather ever for his birthday. Normally it is, okay. you're sitting out there freezing. Ah. <laughs> but, um, but he always, you know, he's been doing it since we were in college. Uh, I will skip that one because I bet you have it. Jeff Dunn is a producer, I want to call him. They uh, Actually, he and his wife, uh, Susan, have a theater company in Alameda. And they do readers, mostly readers theater. Um Incredible stuff. Uh, Jim Kleinman is in Hawaii. His birthday is this week. He is the executive director of Playground SF. I uh, got a couple more. Ingayo Bellum is somebody I went to high school with, and he calls himself the the big rock. What is it? The big black, the big chocolate mountain of joy. He's always been a big, <laughs> large man. He went into comedy out of college. Most of the time, you know somebody like that, and you're like, well, that's cool. We graduated like 30 years ago, and this man has a beautiful career in comedy. Oh. I've always been so like, wow, I can't believe I saw somebody do that. Mm -hmm. uh, Craig Niebauer went to San Francisco State with as well, his birthday. Um, his claim to fame these days is that he is the dad of triplets. Mm -hmm. I'm like, holy cow. And final, oh, I will not do my final one because I know, Reg, you have it. <laughs> well, you already took some like Danny Martin. Uh, Danny and I were on stage. We did One Ten in the Shade at the Douglas Morrison Theater, where I was Bill Starbuck, and uh, he was he played a cruel character, which is tough on him because he's such a nice guy. He's a sweetie. Yeah. He is a sweetie. Uh, Gary Graves is our birthday is today. He is oh. uh, the co-artistic um, director of Central Works. Central Works. 
He is 65. You know, some folks don't put their age on there, but uh, Gary's looking really good at 65. He, he really takes care of himself. For his birthday today, happy birthday, Gary. Also, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, his wife, jo Joanne Lorenzana Blauer, uh, her birthday is tomorrow. She's actually a Philippine uh, actress and actually cut a bunch of records during the 80s. She was pretty big stuff in, in, um, in the Philippines. And then she came to America, fell in love with Brant Blauer, and he and I acted in The Marriage of Bet and Boo. And, um, he, and he's a talented uh, guitarist. And so I want to give a birthday shout out to his wife. His birthday, her birthday's tomorrow. You mentioned Danny Martin also tomorrow. Ava Tong, who is uh, heavily involved in, I think, Bindlestiff. Um, it's someone that I've never met, but I've seen her on, on Facebook. Also tomorrow, Rachel Dethridge. I also acted with her. We did Candide, what, my one and only time doing a, um, an opera. And uh, she, has wow. an, she has an amazing voice. And we also did it on the DMT that was uh, directed by Michael Muhammad. And um, I forget who the, uh, the artistic, um, the musical director, we had him on. I forget his name. But in any case, Rachel Deathridge, her birthday is on Valentine's Day, the 14th. On Monday, Jonathan Rice Williams. I think you saved uh, that for me. Yeah, I did. Uh, he is the artistic director of um, Tabard, Tabard Theater. And we had him on, and he was very, very gracious with his time. You mentioned Jim Kleinman, uh, whose birthday is on Monday. Uh, let's see. On Wednesday, Richard Wenzel. Uh, I've done a lot oh, of work with cool. the Playwright Center for San Francisco and Richard Wenzel. He's one of the yeah. regular actors there. He's a fantastic guy. And I want to get him on the uh, his birthday is Wednesday. Also Wednesday, Paul Plain. Paul Plain is an actor. I acted with him in Women on the Verge of Nervous Breakdown. That was at the Town Hall Theater. Fantastic actor. Really tall guy. He's like six feet five, I think. Yep. And the last one that I have, I know we're running a little long, Kim Donovan. The, See, inc the incredible Kim Donovan. <laughs> and uh, she is a veteran actress and uh, I can't, just can't wait to see her on stage again. Uh, she's been, she of course was in Foreman in Paris. She was also in All the Way, which was at the CCCT. I think she played Lady Bird Johnson. Stage Kiss. Uh, she's done a bunch and bunch, a bunch of stuff. So that's what I have. Um, let's, let's do some shows. Um, uh, Corinne, do you want to promote anything? What's, what's up next for Plethos? Oh, they're gone. <laughs> I, I think they're gone. I think they're gonna log back on. Norman, did you do you have any do you have any shows you want to uh, to uh, advertise? Uh, no. <laughs> I I do have a few. I'm sure I'm, I'm they'll they'll log back on. I'm, I'm sure they will. Uh, I would hope they would. No, I was gonna. Uh, no. So, no, um, <laughs> Priya Gaya Dean, who of course was our velvet, hey, and she's she's been heavily involved uh, with uh, Pletho stuff. She has a Valentine's comedy gig, which will be uh, tomorrow, eight p.m. Eastern Standard, five p.m. our time, and uh, there is a Facebook link, and uh, I will uh, send that to folks. Cool. Did you get to do? Didn't she do uh, a bit for them before performance? She's been doing a lot of comedy things. Uh, Plethos has had a bunch of uh, Friday um, Zoom performances, and Priya has been doing a lot of comedy, which is something. It's a personality that I've never seen from her before, and uh, she's she did pretty good. Matter of fact, she did a, a, a bit. Humor. Yeah, she had a bit. She did a bit for uh, when they did the Family Awards. 
Oh, okay. So I'm glad. So Lamont Rigel. So oh, we're, we're, we're getting a lot of posts from individuals who want to talk about certain um, subjects or whatever. We're not going to get into because we're running long anyway. But Lamont Rigel is an author. And he has oh, written, nice. a, he's written a book called Hidden in the Shadows. Uh, he says, my first two books are... Our internet keeps going out, so sorry. Okay, so that's Corinne and John. Okay. Um, Lamont has two books that's hit Audible. They're both love stories set in the sexy world of shapeshifters and there's something sec the sometimes sexy world of high school. Okay, it's joy working with authors with the authors and gaining. Oh no, he didn't write it. I'm sorry. He is a narrator for it. Okay, I'm glad I got that cleared up. But so, in any case, that's his uh, gig that he's that he's doing, and I will put I'll put a link for that. And we got a link to it. Cool. Oh, yep. and playground, of course. Uh, playground uh, Monday night playground is uh, Monday, seven o'clock. Are you directing? I am not. Okay. Um, gosh, what is the theme? The theme is lore. You know, like sort of. You know, and it was very specific. We asked the writers to discuss. Um, what their what their culture or what their lore would be mm -hmm. and there was a lot of great and you know not just take some generic yeah you know history of some culture but how do you really yeah. connect to it we have and, corinne and john uh, so back that are talking about that welcome back welcome back so sorry it's okay and we just, we just want to say goodbye we finished the thing i wanted to ask are is plethos i wanted to are are there any upcoming shows that you wanted to advertise um, so right now we are in audition mode. So that's the biggest thing is if anybody would like to audition for either of our main stage shows for 2021, um, now's the time. We're accepting video submissions now through March 31st. So we're looking for two singer, dancer, actors for Elephant and Piggy. And then for our fall show, which will be Chinglish by David Henry Wong, we need seven actors. So if you, especially if you know any that speak Mandarin, there are a couple of English only roles in that show, but most of them require Mandarin speaking. So if you know any Mandarin speakers, please send them my way. We're definitely looking for them to audition for, for Chinglish. Um, but the next show that audience members can enjoy is we'll have a stand-up comedy show Saturday, March 20th. And that was our, that's what she said. Uh, five female comics are going to, uh, make us laugh on zoom so cool and if you could send me the link i'll post it on our link when we when i post the yay so that people can just Thank click you. on it and is boom. Priya gonna be on that yeah we we're talking we we're singing the praises of priya she has a yeah. valentine's day show tomorrow and she's doing a lot of comedy sketches for uh plethos for the zoom stuff that's right priya's done such an amazing job i just saw her perform live at an outdoor venue just last week she's great um she was on our lineup last summer and so we tried to give people a good year before we bring them back on um just so that our audiences are always seeing new people so she's not on the lineup for that's what she said but uh, we might see her in in other capacities and we're hoping that as live performances hopefully become a thing we might have some pop-up shows and some other stuff we add and i'm sure priya will be a part of that so yeah no it's awesome and this it's a personality that I've never seen from her and it was really cool it was good seeing her on the um, she was on the Fammies and she yeah. has a thing tomorrow facebook.com dot Jeffrey Weinstein one post mm -hmm. I'll post that all up but uh, you know she's one of these folks who who got her start at Plethos and so it's wonderful that's right yep did the two of you enjoy enjoy being on the A Oh yeah. Yeah, it's so fun. Thank you so much for having us. Really, really nice. It's always time. great talking to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great seeing you. And um, as always, uh, we want to thank everyone who is watching or listening to the Yay. We're on Facebook. Um, we're on Facebook, but we're also on YouTube. So please like and subscribe, hit that button and tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. I'm noticing people are posting 
subject matters that they want the A to talk about on Facebook, you can also do the same thing on YouTube. Uh, Kim Donovan, she wanted us to talk oh, about. Wait a minute. Okay, I was going to say, you can't just throw that out there and not give us a tease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, Kim Donovan had a little, and I'll, I'll be really, really quick. Um, the amount of people who have checked in on me because this post is huge, she, she's basically talking about work is scarce, and I have friends who are being asked right. to bid on creative projects. Mm. And basically, people are, um, I guess companies are underbidding um, creatives, basically trying to get the lowest, um, you know, the cheapest, uh, I guess, individuals. I know employers are feeling the strain as well, but there's a kindness inherent in I have this much money to pay someone for this project who can work this much and then hiring based on resumes or pitches. Am I missing something? The bidding culture feels extra harsh right now in the arts. It's a dangerous game anyway, but dang. So, we we'll talk about that next week because um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're running out of time and yeah. also um uh well josh whedon josh whedon is a he's a hollywood um promoter. Oh, Lordy. He's, there's all sorts of things about women's issues mm-hmm. but people are finding things to talk about and we you know this is the forum for the yay so you can post Wait a minute, they want us to talk about josh we could talk about josh whedon, but- <laughs> <laughs> well it, it bleeds into it can sometimes bleed into theater and how we treat you know, people of color and also, you well, know, women. Yes, so I will happily give a report back because I am on a diversity, what is it, D diversity, inclusiveness, equity um, committee um, mm-hmm. with more than one organization trying to help them craft some anti-racism statements. And that is, that's real. <laughs> awesome. Very, very you know, good. A lot of places are doing it right now. So I definitely happily give an update on that next time. Yeah. So whatever you want to talk about, let us know on either Facebook or on YouTube. You may be listening to this on uh, your podcast app. We're on all podcast apps. We're on Spotify. Uh, If you're an Android user, you can use the SoundCloud app or just go on soundcloud.com. And that's basically it. The EA was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I want Reg Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. Corinne and John, um, people can go on plethos.org, but is there also a social media like Twitter or uh, Instagram that people can uh, see what's what's happening next? With yeah, plethos? that's right. Yeah, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Plethos Productions. That's P-L-E-T-H-O-S Productions. Yay. Awesome. And we'll put that on the link as well. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Happy Valentine's Day for, for your, all of our listeners and everything. And as Norman and I always say, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Black History Month, real quick. Yes. Last week, Carter G. Woodson, he's the man who gives us um, what was Negro Week and became Negro History Week and became Black History Month. That is this man. So, it, you know, his birthday was this last week. Carter G. Woodson. All right. Thank you so much. See, we get with your history lesson as well. Yes. Thank you for remembering Black History Month. And as Norman and I always say, we got to find find a better better sign off. off. And we are out. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. Bye.